episode, we're going to be talking, um, I have a couple of my friends on the show, Mandy Hamilton and Sasha Liebold, and we're going to be talking about um, our experiences with uh, vegetarianism, pescatarianism, and veganism, and how that kind of plays with sustainability. Um, we're going to talk a little bit about Whole30. It's this kind of new diet trend that I'm looking into where you cut out all processed foods and uh, grains, alcohol, sugars, and it's kind of like the paleo diet where you kind of go back to basics. Touch a little bit on that and I might be uh, have more for you guys on that in later episodes. Um, but before we get to that, I want to talk this week about um, vegetarianism, veganism, and how that plays with sustainability. And uh, obviously, if you're not eating animals, those animals are not being used for the industry of meat packing, you know, animal processing, whatever it might be. And in turn, you're reserving resources for the planet. You are using um, renewable food sources like plants. You can grow it over and over and over again and it'll come back as opposed to having herds of cattle in which sometimes population can be unstable. So, you know, we talk about that in our interview, but before I um, get to that, I want to talk about a couple applications because we all live in this tech tech age, you know, where we have our phone in our hands 24-7. So I was like, well, you know, if you really want to be a vegan, vegetarian, if you want to contribute to sustainability that way, how could you do it and always have it at your fingertips? And I actually found a couple of really cool apps. The first one, they're smartphone apps, so they're for Android and for Apple. The first one is called Is It Vegan? So it's pretty basic. You just uh, scan a barcode of an item or a product or search it manually in the database and the database will find the ingredients for you. It'll bring it up. It'll say whether the ingredients are vegan friendly, vegetarian friendly, and if you should eat it or not. And another app that's kind of similar to that is called Cruelty Cutter. So it's kind of similar to is it vegan in that you scan a barcode or you search manly, manually for an item. But then it'll bring up the history of like the company that makes the item. And so, you know, for example, Procter & Gamble has a lot of household products and they've been known to test on animals. So it would bring that kind of information up and you would know if the product you're buying is cruelty free which is another kind of cool aspect to it because it's not always just about what you're eating. It's about what you're using in your everyday life. If you're eating vegan, you know, that's awesome and you're contributing that way. But if you're still using products at the expense of animals um, that or that go against your lifestyle, it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, another app here, 21 Day Vegan Kickstart. You know, they claim, you know, it takes 21 days to start a habit. It sets out a schedule for those starting out and those who want to try changing their eating habits. Uh, celebrities like Jay-Z and Beyonce did it. They just took three weeks and now they live a more vegan lifestyle. And then some other apps like Vegan Yum Yum, Food Monster. Um, they just provide like vegetarian and vegan recipes. And I just thought that was really cool. Um, I wanted to showcase that to anyone who is considering being a vegan or a vegetarian um, especially after this conversation that you hear um, with a couple friends of mine about their lifestyle and their eating habits. The first voice you're going to hear is Mandy Hamilton. She's uh, 36 years old. She's an undergrad student at UND. She's the mother of three. She has been a vegan for nine years. And you wouldn't believe it. I, you know, she, I asked her if I could show her a picture on the internet, and she, <laughs> she declined. 
justifiably. So I can't show you what she looks like, but she literally does not look 36. And then our other guest is Sasha Liebold. She's 22. She's another communication major here at UND. She's also doing a podcast um, that I was on last week about social media and pressure. So she's on this week to talk about um, her pescatarianism and how she's um, been eating that way for about seven years and stuff like that. It was really fun. Um, we used one of the recording booths on the UND campus, so it felt really professional, and I can't wait for you guys to hear it. Yeah. First I used to be, like, so into it, but now it's just like, mm, just eating some rice, okay? <laughs> just eating some rice. <laughs> so how long have you been a vegan then? Um, let's see. So nine years. Nine years. Yeah. So nine years. So originally, like, what prompted you to do that? This is kind of weird, but I, st I started struggling with depression, and... I have a family with mental illness, and I, I've seen that um, pills, they just don't help. Mm -hmm. At least people in my family, it's just a run around. And I have great grandmas that died in mental institutions, and my dad's headed that direction too. And oh. I started experiencing depression at 26, and I'm like, I don't want a pill. And so I prayed about it, prayed about it, and um, I was just led to experiment you know, with eating right. and, and how it affected me. And I found that when I eliminated all animal products, it was like turning off a light. Wow. On the, or turning on a light or you, whatever. You feel better when you don't eat. Yes. Yeah. Like, it's like changing. You have more injury, energy. Yeah. Not only that, but I like had a severe, like, like rolling really bad thoughts. And it took me a couple of years to get good at it. I knew that if I slipped up, I would I would just be dark in darkness for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. But then I got really. It took me two years, I think, to get really good at it. And then. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like I feel like everyone's becoming vegans, and it's just like it. I think it's really cool. It takes a lot of commitment. I don't yeah. know if I could ever do it. It's just kind of like God. Like how long? Like is that like that's not even just like an overnight thing. Like that's like literally like takes years and years it to took me two whole years. put into your life. But it was. Like, I felt like for me, it was life and death take pills and die in a mental institution because, mm -hmm. you know, depression's where it starts. Mm -hmm. Or do something <laughs> you know? that's totally feasible, affordable. Even though it sucks. I mean, <laughs> well, now I'm totally used to it and yeah. I've, like, learned about the impacts on the environment and the animals and my health and <laughs> not just my depression, but, you know. The starting yeah. point sucks, but the end seems... Yeah, awesome. exactly. I'm getting a little tired of it. <laughs> so do you ever think that you'll incorporate maybe like chicken or like some mm -hmm. animal products later in your life or mm -hmm. just for now, do you like the results and how it works for you? So. And just a little bit. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's such a habit now. I don't know. So, okay, you have three kids, right? Yeah. Okay, so what are their ages again? 15, 11, and 10. 15, see, that's crazy. I can't believe you have a 15-year-old. <laughs> are they vegan too or...? So for a couple of years when I was starting, we brought no animal products in the house, and then just um, for kind of solidarity. Yeah, I can yeah. understand that and they were, for sure. They're, you know, and I really confiscated. I made all sorts of good things, you know, <laughs> so they wouldn't. But you know, slowly we've added stuff back in. Oh, okay. And they're doing great. But I think it's wonderful because they have my genetics, and if they start to struggle, they know exactly what to do. They yeah, know exactly. I have the resources yeah. to help them and teach them. Mm -hmm. So do, is your husband vegan then too? Does he eat vegan? No, but he's uh, sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah, and I don't pressure anyone around me. I know it's very personal. And it's hard to get men to quit eating meat. He actually went vegetarian before I even oh, thought really? about it. I'm wow. like, quit being annoying. Just eat my food. <laughs> <laughs> That's but. funny. See, yeah, okay, so when I was 12, I used to go to this Horses on the Prairie camp every summer, and it was through the United Tribes Technical College in Bismarck, and it was like very Native American. You learned mm -hmm. about like sitting bulls, herd of horses and stuff, and we had people who came in and taught us about the plants and all the stuff and so there was 
um, one of the instructors there who was a vegetarian and like the way he explained it is that like in today's society we just don't really use the animal either in the same way you know like mm -hmm. when the settlers came to america like they just decimated this entire population of bison they would just leave carcasses mm -hmm. sorry to get graphic but like carcasses everything left and they would take the best cuts because they were everywhere mm -hmm. and so when i was 12 yes i had this like huge thing i was like i'm gonna be a vegetarian and i was mostly until i was 19 and then i was in college and i, I was actually experiencing depression on my own terms and I was, wasn't a good vegetarian by any means. It's really easy to be a vegetarian, but you can also eat potato chips and Oreos or vegan. So, you know, it's like super duper hard to like eat healthy. You know what I mean? Even mm -hmm. in that instance. So then I ended up reverting back. And now I feel like I could maybe cut out red meat, mm -hmm. but definitely not chicken, definitely not dairy. Sasha and I were talking about doing Whole30. Well, I was talking about doing it, and I want Sasha to do it with me because it says you need people <laughs> and friends to do it with you. Yeah. And, yeah, no drinking, no dairy, no grains. I've done that. I've done a low-carb diet before, but. <laughs> yeah, my thing was, like, I would totally do it, but, like, I do, like, my glass of wine every once in a while. So I'm like, okay, cutting out alcohol for, like, me. I'm like, okay, when something tells me I can't have alcohol, that means I literally cannot have it. Uh -huh. Otherwise, I'm like not doing it right. Mm -hmm. so, uh -huh. so for me, I was You want to like, do it, um, like, perfectly. Yeah, so for me, I was like, um, there's, like, everything's perfect but like right i can't i have to have that at least once in a while we could even do it crazy. you can cheat yeah. every once in a while you could do modified whole 30 but every sunday that brings us okay so you've never had a drink in your life before never. either no. so even when you turned 21 like no, never no, even never. did it experimented no never what is that is that like a personal decision or like um, your family well, or i'm mormon oh okay so, okay so we kind of don't drink we have this thing called the word of wisdom and it and it talks about you know, how how you'll be blessed and you'll be more healthy because if you choose not to and so I've chosen not to end. I mean, obviously, I think it's yeah. the results are there, right? Yeah, and then also, I, also in the Word of Wisdom, a lot of Mormons don't emphasize this part. They kind of just like, mm, whatever. But it talks about how um, you eat meat sparingly and you eat it in times of famine, cold, and mm -hmm. hunger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a, it's a last resort food. Mm -hmm. You eat your animal friends when there's nothing else. <laughs> yeah, you know? see, and that's a big thing that I've been talking about in my environmental ethics class. Um, it's about like how religions kind of set up these relationships with animals and you know in Genesis it's like you know God made the earth and then God made the animals and then God made man and God was like here the animals are yours yeah take care of them exactly yeah. and then Not some eating. people interpret yeah. that as you know they're mine I can do it whatever I please so it's like oh my property and I you know I can abuse that because it's my property I can do what I want with my property so yeah, you kind hurts. of have to approach and that's <laughs> you know exactly and that's like part of being a vegan and a vegetarian and you know my podcast is about sustainability and it's mm -hmm. the approach to the environment that you have to take is you know cooperative like you have to protect the environment and yes make it productive and fruitful for your own means yeah. but you also have to manage it so you're not degrading it at a rate in which you know your future generations aren't going to be able to experience the same things that you are I mean you just have to watch a few documentaries to know how horrible it is exactly what we do to the animals we don't not we do not take care of them we do not love them mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's no. very sad um, you remember Mandy and I were on a public speaking together last year so we had like a group project in our it was Grand Forks River cleanup one of our examples was in Australia, they have a river that they've given legal rights to. It's called the Wanganui River. I will have to check this. I'm not sure if that's right, but I think it's the Wanganui River. It's the Wanganui tribe, like the indigenous peoples there. And they actually were like, no, we love <laughs> this river. Like, it's so important to us. So 
here we go. Like, we're going to give it legal rights, and anyone who, like, pollutes it or does anything to it can face legal consequences. Oh, wow. And that's, like, a really progressive, like, in my environmental ethics class, we talk about this, too. It's, like, a really progressive way to think about, like, do trees and animals have standing? Like, does that, I mean, if we say they do, that kind of re- thinks the way we have to do everything. Like if we think that animals have moral standing and are equal to human beings, then we have to take them out of zoos because you wouldn't put a human being in a zoo. You wouldn't do testing on Exactly. Animal, yeah. But then there are other people on the other side of that. Um, Cohen, I think, is one of the philosophers we study who said, well, you know, we would still have polio and all these really horrific diseases if we didn't test on animals. And that's, yeah, that's the other side of it, too. But it's also kind of like, well, animals feel pain and they suffer and we are moving away from using them on products because now we've gotten to the point where, OK, well, we don't have polio and all these diseases anymore. And we're thankful for what had to have been done. But now we don't have to do that anymore. But yeah, so in the fear of sustainability, what I'm trying to say is being a vegetarian, pescatarian, vegetarian, being a vegan. I mean, and a lot of communities say that fish replenish themselves a lot quicker. Yep. So there's that one way to look at it. Um, there's a lot of my professors personally have told me like, oh, try to do meatless Mondays, like eat lower on the food chain for one day a week. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you look at the industry, like just the abuse of the animals, everything around it, like even one person doing that one day a week and it catching on, like makes a difference. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about forced economic activity in one of my other sustainability classes, and it has to do with um, the cattle industry that's in Nebraska. You know, like you, Nebraska is like associated with corn, mm -hmm. but Nebraska is like super duper dry. Originally, like corn wasn't native to that area. There were cattle ranchers who didn't want to bring their cattle up and down the countryside anymore so they're like nope we're gonna uh locate our business we're gonna localize and it's down in kansas or whatever and then they're thinking okay well now we have to run all these railroad lines like to the cattle and it's like taking up more economic activity more of our time more of our money so instead of growing the corn over here and shipping it to the cattle we're gonna start growing the corn in nebraska so they grow the corn in nebraska but corn is super duper finicky it needs a lot a lot of water it's needs super like high nitrogen content something like that and so there are like, fossil water reserves underneath um, Nebraska it goes like up it's called the Oglala aquifer something like that That's a long word. <laughs> yeah and it's like being significantly drained now because they're pulling all of this water from this reserve that wasn't originally meant to feed the cattle to grow the corn mm -hmm. and now the land is starting to degrade because the cattle has been in the same place for 50, 60 years, and the corn's been in the same place for 60, 60 years. But if you think about it, I mean, even just the state of North Dakota, if you had everyone in the state of North Dakota, that's like not even a million people, decide to be vegan or vegetarian and reduce their red meat intake, yes, it would impact the cattle industry, and it might be negative. So I, I think of it this way. I was having a discussion with this customer like a really long time back about environmental environmentalism and environmental acts and about how I you know want to be part of the movement that moves towards alternative energy and he's like well my son works in the oil fields so what do you say to that if we're not doing oil like how's my son going to have a job and I'm just like okay well imagine if your son was a cancer scientist and your son found the cure to cancer like he's not going to have a job after he finds the cure to cancer but you have the cure to cancer mm -hmm. and then you move on and you do other things. I feel like some people attack vegan vegan because they're like back in the old days people weren't vegan they actually ate meat and stuff. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you progress, well, you change. And when you think about it that way, too, uh, like, well, back in the old way, old days, they didn't have, like, a meatpacking district that, like, just constantly gave you red meat, too. Like, they had to hunt for it. Make they ate it sparingly. Themselves. It was an occasional kind of thing, kind mm-hmm. of like you said earlier in the Mormon yeah. belief that, you know, it's a sparingly kind of, you know. Not you're many do, do that. <laughs> Most people are like, uh. Well, and, that's, and there's always, like, they bend the rules to all kinds yeah, of yeah. religions, right? People interpret it the way they want to. But, yeah. I mean, I agree with that, sparingly. And it's better for your heart, too. Just in general, your health. If you don't if you don't even care and you're like, I don't care that animals are dying and you just want to eat better, yeah. you know, it's going to help, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, so how long have you been doing that? I don't even remember the name. Uh, Pescatarian? Yeah, Pescatarian. Um, I've been, okay, so I went vegetarian, like, seven and a half years ago. And I don't think, I think it was, like, a couple years ago I just started, like, eating fish and stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like, I just, like, I don't know. I don't want to say it was, like, a health benefit also, but at the same time I just did it because, like, me, it wasn't, like, really good to me. It just, like, tasted weird, like, awkward, you know, for mm-hmm. some reason. Mm-hmm. So I just, like, stopped eating it, and all of a sudden I was just, like, I'd never eat meat again. And mm-hmm. then I just, like, started eating fish. And, mm-hmm. um, have you ever eaten, like, meat without salt on it? Just like, ooh, this is like flesh. <laughs> it doesn't taste good. <laughs> so, do you guys like eat scallops? I really don't like scallops. To me, they really taste like, like I don't know. To me, it tastes like meat. Like, I don't understand like fish is meat, you know? But like, it literally tastes like hamburger. Or, yeah, it tastes kind of like red meat almost. Yeah. Like, and one steaky. time, I went on vacation with like one of my best friends, and we went to her family's house, and they had no idea that I was vegetarian, mm-hmm. and they made us all steaks. Mm. And I didn't want to be like, oh, I'm sitting there like. I feel like I'm like internally crying. Oh, like, no. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I know, and they're like, there's still more. I'm like, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I was like, I didn't ever have the heart to say, like, no, like, I mean, like, steak or You don't want to be rude. <laughs> yeah. 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 And it wasn't just, like, a small group of people. It was, like, a big group of people. I, I was, like, just, like, sitting there, like, mm-hmm. like, just crying <laughs> on the inside. Oh, I was just like, it. I can't believe I'm doing this. So how, so seven years, you said? Seven and a half years. Seven and a half. Plus, like, it is a benefit, too. Like, I feel like I, my mom, she eats a lot of meat, so I feel like, if, like I don't want to be, like, odd on her footsteps either, so mm-hmm. just trying to do everything for myself. Be healthier, yeah. yeah. Like, like, I'm 22. I don't want to die young. Mm-hmm. Exactly. My thing is to, like, live till I'm, like, 90-something. We can have a huge effect, even on our genetics. Yeah. You know, e- on everything, we can have a big, big effect. Yeah. Both my parents are yeah. very, very, very overweight, and mm-hmm. I could end up that way. They used to be little. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and like you know how people say like you can't change your DNA, you can't change your genetics, but that's all that's true. That's like true and false at the same time. Like you can change your genetics. Like you, it just depends on what you do. Mm -hmm. Yeah, if you live the exact same kind of life as your parents, like of course, course. and you don't take any precautions and. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, like, you could, if you do other things, like, you're going to change your genetics. You can live longer. Like, it just depends Feel on what you like do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's just impossibly hard. <laughs> That's why it now takes a really long time to, like, get good at it and, yeah, like, yeah. be a part of it and do it every day. And for sure. it's like, once you start doing it, you just, like, forget that you're eating meat. Yeah. This yeah. is just how I live now. Mm-hmm. You just yeah. forget about it. This is just how I live exactly. now. This is who I am now. <laughs> I am me. My sister um, did it too because she started having problems also and she's feeling great now too and I think too you know just in general uh, you know when you eat meat like people I know for me I do eat meat so I tend to like if I'm gonna eat something I eat like protein Mm -hmm. 
And then I'm not like eating vegetables. I'm like, oh, it's like harder to prepare that, or I don't have as much access to that, or I like don't have the time. And so then, you know, there's a shift to like, well, you're constantly giving your body like the nutrients that it needs rather than just eating meat, which is like very not like doesn't really have very many nutrients other than providing you protein, but you can get protein from like a million other different sources. And it's way, way, way better from other sources. I know it's very common to think that, um, uh, animal sources are the best protein because they're complete, but as far as energy goes, it's way easier for our body to break down the little protein um, bonds in plant food than it is to break down a full protein bonds in it. In, 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 in an animal. <laughs> I think I I think I heard that from one of our other classmates in uh, public speaking last oh, semester. Yeah, yeah. He was like I a vegan him. too. Yeah. He's like, yeah, like. And you eat the plant, like, when it grows from the ground, like, mm -hmm. that's, like, a direct energy source. Like, exactly. you're eating the animal that's already eaten the plant. And because our body takes that animal protein, and it, and it doesn't just insert it, oh, okay, we'll take that protein and put it in your arm. No, it has to break it all apart. It has to break the amino acids apart. Mm -hmm. So when you get a plant food with a few little amino acids and then a different plant food with a few, it's so, so much easier for our body to assimilate. Because it doesn't have to break so many bonds. It's less energy. Right. And then you're metabolizing a lot faster. And then, and your body can use that energy for healing other things. Mm -hmm. yeah. I've learned that, like, okay, so like people who eat more meat, they don't, like, if you get cut, they don't heal as fast as people yeah. who yeah. don't eat meat. So, like, mm -hmm. you probably have experienced, like, if you get a small cut, it's gone in, like, a few days. Mm -hmm. Or someone who eats meat, it could take at least three, four days for it to be gone because, like, mm -hmm. you don't have, like, the like it's all about growing. energy and our yeah. body is self-healing like we don't tell hey, hey finger it's time to heal mm -hmm. you know it does it it does it on its own yep. and there are other processes in our body that need upkeep and and we don't know what our body's working on so the least energy food like the least energy that it takes to break things apart the more energy it has to keep other things going mm -hmm. well next step sasha is whole 30 yeah. Uh, no drinking. I could do no drinking, honestly. I really could. Like, that's not that big of a deal for me. But no dairy, that's going to be hard. So if you like dairy, I was just having this conversation the other day, or yesterday actually, at work with a, a co-worker. She, we were talking about it. She's trying to cut out dairy because, like, of all the stuff in dairy, it's, like, not good for you. Because, mm -hmm. like, it's true. So, like, when you're younger, you need a bunch of milk for your body to grow, like, mm -hmm. your bones to grow. But when, as you get older, you don't need milk as much because, like, your bones are, like, fully grown. And, like, mm -hmm. the more you drink, the more your, like, bones are becoming brittle, to be honest. Mm -hmm. And, like, she was talking about how, like, she found this milk. Um, I wish I remember what it was called. It's different than regular milk. It's like actually good for adults. And she wow. says she gets it like It's at like Walmart. cow's milk? I don't remember what Or is she it said. like almond milk or like coconut milk or something? I can't remember what she said, but she said it's not like regular milk. Okay. So I don't think it's from cows. I don't know. I would think it wouldn't be from cows. Yeah, I've always thought that. I I mean, just in general, I drink like almond milk or coconut milk, mm -hmm. like, or almond coconut mix or whatever. Yeah, That's yeah. what I've been drinking that for years now. Mm -hmm. Just because I, when I heard that, was like humans, yeah. like, originally. You know, you're given the enzyme to break down milk proteins, mm -hmm. and then when you grow older, like, you don't have it. Like, mm -hmm. it's a genetic anomaly that humans have it in adulthood because, like, mm -hmm. Asiatic countries, like, most, you know, people of Asian descent are lactose intolerant mm -hmm. because they didn't have herds of cows. They weren't trying to control animals mm -hmm. and have an excess of red meat around, so they mm -hmm. have, like, you know, because they're not meant to digest milk enzymes. Mm -hmm. And humans are the only mammals that drink another animals milk exactly isn't that so weird that's weird 
right? You think it's cute when, like, a puppy adopts, like, a kitten that's mom died or something, but it doesn't continue on into adulthood. <laughs> yeah. So what would you miss about dairy? Is it the cheese? Cheese, yeah. So I don't drink milk. Cheese. So you know we have the natural health food store, and you guys are so lucky because it has so many cheese alternatives, you know? Have you I think I've been them? there, and it kind of, you, everything's practically organic. Right. Yeah, very organic, and they have different options for like shredded cheese so what's like, a cheese alternative do you know like what it's made of oh boy um tapioca starch which is like a, a potato oh okay okay um, and it's just kind of like flavored nutritional like yeast yeah see i i use nutritional yeast yeah. i use that I'm not entirely sure if i buy that people say it makes stuff taste cheesy i've used it to make things taste cheesy you know, it doesn't I really work some cheesy sauce for you. <laughs> i make really good cheesy sauce like a cheesy dip for with chips. nutritional yeast you, maybe nutritional maybe i'm just not using and, it enough. Um, i don't know but. there's so much more awareness now than there's ever been mm-hmm. about you know eating plant more plant-based yep. i think I mean, when I first started, there were no products I could go get to help me right. out. Like, I had to make everything. Yeah, I think the, so, the process of Whole Foods and yeah. all this good things added in stores, like, I think it's also kind of like the, you know, the dieter sect, too, where it's like lifestyle changes, all these new diets, like, they're kind of fad, but, uh, you yeah, know, they help, yeah. like, real veganism, at least, because it's like, well, I mean, we have to have some sort of cookbook as to how to do this, and we have yeah. to have places to get our food, yeah. and... I remember it being, like, very expensive to try to get, like, organics or, you know, vegetables even were more expensive than, like, Mm -hmm. a huge jumbo thing of, like, oatmeal cream buys, you know? That's sad, but that's, like, still (laughs) kind of how it is. But you know how, like, people are, like, always going around, like, we should try to make America eat healthier? But the problem is, like, you make meat so cheap and, like, fruit and vegetables and all that so expensive Mm -hmm. that people can't afford them. Yeah. Yeah. Who's getting the government subsidies? meat and dairy industry exactly yeah. and like they're afraid like if they like cut back on that and like lower the prices or higher the prices they're gonna lose money mm-hmm. like no matter what and then people like ve- like fruit and vegetables like and i wonder why like you can go get like a burger for like two three dollars and like you can get like a salad for like five bucks yeah. like, what if and it's choose? all exactly and it's all reinforced by like our our food pyramid too like our nutritional oh, yeah. you know education where it's like well here's a food pyramid like grains meat dairy and then like vegetables are on top of that like as if you know you need more meat and dairy and i mean i think now it's different where instead of like going top to bottom it's like it's like the plate Mm -hmm. but it still has meat on there and it's like doesn't you know inform you that no you don't have to eat meat at every meal you can you don't have to be a vegan or a vegetarian but you don't have to consume those things exactly you know and they're like oh calcium it's like there's so much calcium just you know in different vegetables if you just eat your greens exactly you know so it's just kind of funny they're like you have to have cheese it's funny. Like, Not really. Eat your grains and Whole30 wants you to grains, cut out grains. 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 Oh. Grains. Eat your greens. <laughs> I heard grains. Eat your greens. Yeah, Whole30 wants to... Oh, I, that's going to be hard. I mean, I've done low-carb before diets, but I've always allowed myself some. This one's like you have to cut it off completely. Yeah, this one's a lot stricter than the paleo diet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I might not do it. I, I want to do some are, research carbs are on good. it. Carbs are really good. Well, I'm not. This isn't a zero carb diet. This okay. is no grains. So like, oh, I'm still okay. eating like vegetables, okay, which good, you know, good. and bro- like just good veggies, just no like processed whole wheat grains, like mm-hmm. oats and rye and stuff. Mm-hmm. And essentially, like anything. I mean, this paleo, where like anything that you couldn't just go out into the wild and like pick up and eat, okay. you can't just you can't eat that. Oh, okay. Because I'm pretty. You know, bread is like good for you but heavily processed yeah right like wheat to flour Mm -hmm. i finally made homemade pasta and i'm like oh it's just flour (laughs) dang it no it's just flour and water and you run it through and you flatten it out yeah dang it i didn't i think i was in denial (laughs) (laughs) 
I went through a phase where they I was do? fruititarian for a while. Fruititarian. Yeah, so yeah. okay, what does that Just mean? Just fruit. Like, fruit. Only fruit. Fruit and greens. Fruit, fruit and, and greens. greens. Yikes. Everything raw. Wow, raw fruititarian. Yeah, yeah. That's funny. That's interesting. You should look it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, way back in the day, it was a site called 30 Bananas a Day. 30 Bananas yeah. a Day. Yeah. And I, and I was potassium. No, it's not too much potassium. <laughs> <laughs> it really isn't. Oh, wow. <laughs> too much potassium would be like. 286 bananas in a half an hour would be too much potassium. Yeah, especially so if you're eating it, you know, yeah. your body's using it. Yeah, you're eating like seven to ten bananas per meal. So, were you trying to eat in, in season fruit at that yeah, time? That's yeah. why. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're yeah, that's like, why what's that... the cheapest fruit I can eat? Yeah. So, but grapes. Lots of grapes, but... grapes are technically in season. Grapes and oranges. But they're so expensive time. right now. Like, to think, me, I feel. Like, I think they're always expensive in yeah. North Dakota. In North Dakota. Yeah. But I've gone home, of, and, like, yeah. they're, like, $1.69 a pound. Maybe, some. like, 2 bucks a pound. I'm like, okay, that is cheap. Like, and when I come up to North Dakota, I'm, like, three thirty-nine or something a pound. I'm like, <laughs> Well, you live wow. from, you're in a, you're from a smaller town in Minnesota, yeah. too, okay. right? So. Yeah. I know, I guess I don't really know how that affects prices, but it'd probably be a little bit cheaper in a smaller town. Yeah, I didn't maybe. live here when I did that. <laughs> Yeah, yeah so that's the thing. <laughs> like, what's in season in Grand Forks in February? Exactly. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to Sustainability Talk. We'll join you next week where we talk a little bit about coal and sustainable energy. Have a great week.